honesty, passion, experience. It's Timberwolves Explosion, hosted on thesportstuff.com. And now, your host, Paladino Joey. Hello again, Timberwolves fans. Are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Timberwolves Explosion is available on Apple, Google Podcasts, and, of course, Stitcher and Double Twist. Thank you once again for joining me today. We're back on the Friday schedule. It's Black Friday, and I do not care about Black Friday, unless it's, I guess, on the internet. And Eh, I, I don't know. Yeah, we'll just call it Cyber Friday, Cyber Thanksgiving, Cyber... I don't like it. I, I don't like it. But I am but I do like Timberwolves basketball. I do like talking about them on Timberwolves Explosion to get my point across. <laughs> Thank you very much. Minnesota Timberwolves had a pretty decent week this past week. A flip-flop a couple games of freaking Suns. What the hell is with the Wolves and the Suns? But hey, Timberwolves ended a 11-game uh, losing streak in San Antonio, Texas and finished the week 2-1. and one. Not bad, not bad. Awesome. 10-8 uh, and eight on the season. Minnesota, 7th seed in the Western, Western, whatever they call it. Just, it's just called the Western Conference. I don't care if it's the best or the West or the... Uh, I, I don't even like the Western Conference. I just like that the fact that the Wolves might be a playoff team in the Western Conference. That's kind of all I care about at this point. Let's jump into the Phoenix Suns game, November the 23rd. Last Saturday, getting close to wrapping up the frickin' cleanup schedule, Han cleanup schedule, it still wasn't done after, like, what did we do, like, 12 kind of half, you know, like, partial, like, finish-up cleanups, basically, like, you know, the final cleanups of the year, because they were quick and easier, 12, and it still wasn't enough, ugh, what a long year it was, but close enough, so it was one of those games, hearkening back to the days of Rashad McCants, where the Timberwolves, uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he struggled a bit in games, late in games. Rashad McCants to take stupid shots, ill-advised shots. And it drove me crazy and had me flying out of my bed. I was just kind of laying back, almost falling asleep watching late in the game. But of course, I was very much aware because I wanted to watch the game. I was doing the podcast back then, too. I forget how many years ago this was. It was like 20... I mean, we're talking Rashad McCants here. They're, you know, way back. Um... I don't remember if it was 2010, 2011. It couldn't have, McCants couldn't have still been here in 2011. So it's a while. 2009, I think. 2009, yeah. Um, I was uh, getting extremely frustrated. Uh, Timberwolves actually had a nice little lead with plenty of time on the shot clock. What does Rashad McCants do? He launches one from Timbuktu or St. Paul or whatever you want to call it. And I just flew out of my bed screaming, What is he doing? And I had one of those moments with the Wolves and Suns as well, with one of the best three-point shooters in the league, believe it or not, Carl Anthony Towns of all people, particularly in that area. But he's too far back. He was too far back, and what the hell was he doing? And that didn't help me. So I had one of those moments again. I was, <laughs> I was actually eating dinner with my parents at the kitchen table, just relaxing, you know, after killing ourselves outside, whatever, you know, just having a quick meal before I go home, whatever. And then I just yelled, what is he doing? And I said, I do not believe what I just saw. That was pretty much my thoughts on Carl Anthony Towns' shot from St. Paul or Maple Grove or wherever the hell I was from. It was way too far away. Um, I get it. You want to take a three in that situation, but maybe not that quickly and that far away. As much as I didn't like the guy, you're not Steph Curry, or I don't like the guy. He's He's still living. He's still in the NBA. He's just not playing right now. 
I don't like Steph Curry, but uh, you're not Steph Curry. Don't shoot from that far away. It's very low percentage, and of course it didn't go in, and then the Wolves ended up losing in a game where the whole game, it just felt like, come on. Come on, why are we behind this team? I, I know they're better, but they're, they're straw that stirs the drink. Okay, not really, but the guy is supposed to be the man that really helped improve this team, kind of helped improve the winning culture a bit. Ricky Rubio, once again, for like the 99th time, wasn't playing. Again, I'm not trying to diss him, but either, uh, does he miss time? Does Ricky Rubio miss time? Is it okay to say that he misses a lot of time? He does. He's, he's, he's always out, damn it. So, I mean, I'm going to say it. And he wasn't even playing. And it seemed like the whole game, the Wolves are behind. The first quarter, second quarter, the whole game, the Wolves were behind. We make our furious rally, so to speak, in the fourth quarter, and we still don't win. So that was frustrating. Uh, Devin Booker missed all five of his three-point attempts, and he's about a 50% guy from downtown. <clears throat> but, well, he still managed to get 35 points anyway, despite a little bit of erratic play. 35 points from Devin Booker. Ugh. <laughs> you can tell I'm not a huge fan, but whatever. He's a good player, and we're happy for him. Uh, Tyler Johnson, the gopher wide receiver. No, Tyler Johnson, the backup point guard, is uh, not that great. He's He's got some skills, but not that good of a shooter, at least particularly in this game. Seven points. He shot poorly. 20% from the floor. 20% from the floor. 3 of 11, Sarich. Not 7 of 11, Sarich. Sarich, Sarich struggled from the floor as well. I don't know. This wasn't a very good game. It kind of sucked. You know, like, ne neither team played that well. Like, you know, 198 was your final score, of course. Colonel Anthony Towns played freaking awesome, like I predicted, because I'm just so smart, right? No, I predicted that Carl Anthony Towns would play very well against the Suns. I figured his field goal percentage would be sky high, and he'd get... Did I say 17 rebounds? I did. Well, okay. Wow. I... He got 17 rebounds, and then this guy named Keita Bates-Jop. Everyone calls him Keita Bates-Diop, but I was under the impression it's Keita Bates-Jop, like Desagna Jop, it's the same last name, right? I don't know, is it Diop? Because I, uh, whatever. He shot 50% from the floor and 22 points up the bench. Hey, Keita. All right, so he's emerging nicely. And other guys that were, you know, getting a, a, a load of the minutes, Trevon Graham didn't even play in the game. So he drew a DNP, CD, coach's decision, did not play in the game at all. Uh, great game for Cater Bates' job. I like him a lot. He can play defense. He can kind of do a little bit of everything. He can rebound. He didn't rebound that great in this game for a 37-minute game. 37 minutes for Cater Bates' job. And, uh, well, he can kind of do everything. He can set players up, kind of swing the ball around. I love him. Jalen Noel finally seeing a little bit of action. He got three assists off the bench, but only made one shot and one free throw. So good for him. It's better than nothing. And I don't know. I'm surprised he didn't get more action, actually, the last couple of uh, weeks. Uh, this is Jeff Teague's final start of the season, maybe, depending on how things go, but for the foreseeable future, because there was a there was a change, basically, Jeff Teague moved to the bench, and they're saying, basically, all right, that, uh, Jeff Teague ultimately uh, is going to come off the bench, he can be more of a spark plug, maybe more of an offensive type of a guy, maybe he'll shoot more often, he'll be more of a uh, rhythm shooter, per se, a, a volume shooter is what I'm trying to say, off the bench, because they want him to shoot more, he's got a good shot, rather than just be so tentative and such. But uh, nice game for him, I guess. Not really. Did wind up with eight assists. But um, I don't know. Jordan Bell got up a lot of action. He wound up with nine rebounds off the bench. That's good. He did not attempt a three, which is nice, because he's not, he's not a guy who makes them. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns, 50% from downtown, but the rest of the team was awful. 42 attempts, only 28%. Uh, Wolves shot under 42%. Phoenix Suns shot 
under 35%. They shot 34.34.5 basically percent from the floor. Phoenix Suns, you know, this is an awful game. Uh, why couldn't the Wolves take advantage of this? It was kind of like the Denver game. Just It was about the same score, right? It wasn't about the same 198 where it was just clang, 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 and you just couldn't bleep and take advantage and take, take over, damn it. And the Wolves just couldn't do it. Despite their little rally in the fourth quarter, it just wasn't enough. And, ah, uh, this made me mad. It was very frustrating. I hated, I hated that shot by Carl. You like the aggressiveness, but it was a BS shot. It was BS. You know, if he makes it, great. But, I don't know, it's a BS shot. It, it really is. You really want, you really want that? I don't know. Very few guys can make that, you know, and he didn't, and I don't know. Nola Vunley, he's gotten such limited minutes. He started and still wound up with a very limited amount of minutes. He just kind of was out there for the heck of it, I guess, a bit. <clears throat> About seven and a half minutes and didn't score at all. Kind of sad. I like Nola Vunley, and no, just just nothing of it. Keelan Martin couldn't hit the broadside of a barn in this game either. 17 minutes, zilch points, minus 15 Overall, love what Kade Bates Jop is bringing. He's kind of assuming a role now, and it, it's similar to last year a bit when uh, <clears throat> Ryan took over. You saw a lot more action from Kade Bates Jop, and it was it was good stuff. It was good stuff. Um, it was good stuff, and you're seeing a bit of that more this year again. You're seeing a guy that had a good summer and improved during the course of the summer. And now he's playing. It's kind of sad how he wasn't playing for an extended period, but I suppose you got to feel things out, see what certain guys are like, and see everybody's strengths and weaknesses. And you're seeing weaknesses out of some of these free agent signings, trade acquisitions, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's kind of, you know, fillers, lineup fillers that are actually decent players. Obviously, Vonley, Bell, uh, Trevon Graham, guys like that. Uh, Vonley and Bell aren't going to really, yeah, I mean, you know, guys like that could take minutes from Jop, and obviously Trevon Graham can as well. Tons of minutes for drop, and that was encouraging to see. Jarrett Culver at small forward, eh, he's too small, but he did wind up with two blocks. That was pretty cool. Nice uh, defensive effort from him, and he made a couple plays down the stretch. I like Jarrett Culver. I like his future, but I think he belongs in the backcourt, not in the uh, semi-front court. if there's such a thing in the NBA these days. <laughs> I'm beginning to wonder if there is such a thing, you know, but I, I guess there was a, I guess it is what it is. So, crappy finish, Nice that we made a little comeback, but it's, ah, come on, man. Come on, man. Just, ugh, yuck. DeAndre Aiden, of course, still serving a 25-game suspension due to the good old-fashioned PEDs, P-E-Ds. So, and we're not talking about pedestrians here. Uh, I know, it's not funny. We go to Atlanta. Minnesota goes to Atlanta. We lose, just losing to Phoenix makes me mad. I hate Phoenix. I don't know why, but I'm starting to hate the Suns now. I, you know, stop losing to the frickin' Suns, please. That's what I was saying that day, too as the Wolves are trailing by 10, trailing by 8, trailing by 12. Stop losing to the freaking Suns. I'm sick and tired of it. They're not that great. They're not that great. They're going to get better when Aiden comes back, I know. And, of course, Ricky Rubio, yeah, yeah, I know. They're the greatest ever. But they'll be better, I, I know. But stop losing to the freaking Suns anyway, especially when you're at home. Come on, man. Uh, okay, Wolves go to Atlanta, a place where they never win, just like San Antonio, a place where they never win. And, well, they won both of these games, so that's great. This was fun. This is a fun game. You got to see guys make shots. You got to see plays. You got to see Jeff Teague dish the ball out, coming off the bench. Eight assists off the bench. All right. He was kind of driving to the basket, dishing it to Carl. Entertaining stuff, as that had been a problem, getting it to Carl down low with uh, Teague, especially because he's been the starting point guard since the last 
a couple of years here. This is his third year with the club, and probably his last year, depending on what the what takes place in the offseason. Katie Bates drop again over 50% in about 24 minutes. 13 points. He made 2 of 4 from downtown to add to his uh, stad padding, so to speak. Good game for Kata. Base job. I I love him. I do. Trevon Graham had a solid Trevon Graham kind of game. He t- attempted only two threes and made one of them. So, okay. And he had seven points. Good. So he returns to the starting lineup. Good for him. And he was a factor, especially defensively. Covington, very quiet. Couldn't make anything. Wiggins and Towns kind of con- combining there for over 50 points. Gotta love that. 28 for Carl. 25 for Andrew Wiggins making a catch-and-shoot three down the stretch and this one that helped put the Wolves ahead. Carl, of course, very much a factor throughout the entire game. Did get into double-digit rebounding again. Catch-and-shoots, interesting with Andrew Wiggins. You know how I constantly preach the catch-and-shoot, catch-and-shoot? And by the way, Gorgie Zhang, speaking of that, three of three from downtown, five of six overall. Nice. 13-point effort in only 16 minutes. That's freaking awesome. Awesome game. Only six field goal attempts, 13 points. In 16 minutes. That is as efficient as it gets for a Gorgie Zheng type of game. That is beautiful. And again, Jared Culver is now the starting point guard of the Timberwolves, which is interesting. It works. It was fun. Uh, Teague, again, also playing like a starting point guard off the bench. So, hey, that that's a bonus. That's a bonus. Now we'll get to Andrew Wiggins right now about the catch and shoot three. The most interesting stat, I guess you could say, it was brought up to me this week. He's only 30% on catch and shoots, and he's much higher with, like, dribbling. Like, you know, like with dribble threes, like one or two dribbles before putting up a three. He's just, he, I guess he gets kind of a rhythm with the ball, and I feel that a little bit at times. I've always thought the catch and shoot three was higher percentage, and it just wasn't the case. It's just not the case for Andrew Wiggins for some strange reason. Interesting statistic, but he did make uh, 50% from downtown in this game, and Wiggins put right about it as average, 25 points a game, which... Ah, sounds oh so sweet, doesn't it? For all of us that were frustrated with him, that knew, we knew, we knew he was better than that. We knew Andrew Wiggins was better, and, you know, he going from 17, 18-ish a game to 25, it feels so good. It feels so good. <laughs> it really does. But no, it's interesting to think, overall, Wiggins about a 35% shooter, generally, and he's great from the corner, but he doesn't take a whole lot of corner threes for some reason. Much better on the right side, but I guess it's just everybody. I mean, even Carl's better on the right side. He takes much more shots from the right side of the floor than the left, per se. Um, Interesting statistic here, though, with Carl is unbelievable. He's one of the best in the league in this category. Is uh, around the top of the key. He's about 50% from downtown, Carl Anthony Towns. You know how he's around 44-ish overall. He awesome three-point percentage and all that, but... uh, 50%. 50%. He's about, you know, 49.2, which is close enough to 50% from the top of the key area. You know, maybe a little bit over here, a little bit over there. Big deal. It's generally the top of the key area, about 50%. Everywhere else, you know, you got the, it's the 40%, 39 here and there. The corner, these corner threes are only about 35. So the area where Wiggins is extremely good, the right corner there. Uh, Andrew Wiggins is definitely the better shooter there compared to Carl. He's about 37, or Andrew's about 50. So Andrew's sweet spot is in the right corner. Carl's sweet spot is top of the key. Much larger area. And, of course, it's tougher to guard out there because, you know, generally that's where the shooting guards, point guards hang out, and he can shoot right over them in that case. So it just kind of is what it is. Down in the baseline area, the corners and such, you know, there's a little more action going on, a little more traffic. But uh, guards definitely, generally, that can be a sweet spot for a lot of guards and small forwards throughout the league. Love, though, love that Carl can hit that about 50% from out there, but uh, 
poof. They don't even have that one shot on his chart, though, from, you know, from freaking Maple Grove or wherever. God, that was ridiculous. <laughs> Against Phoenix, I hated that game. Entertaining game to watch, though. Um, really like Trey Young. It's a nice little behind-the-back dish. Very difficult angle on that pass. It was beautiful. So that was one of the highlights of the game from Trey Young. I think he's got a wonderful future in the Doncic Trey Young conversation. We're going to play, we played Trey Young this last week. We're going to play Doncic this upcoming week. People are already talking about Luka Doncic for NBA MVP. I kind of poo-pooed the idea, but hey, he is averaging about 30 points a game. In fact, Slayling over. So I guess, I guess he's in the conversation, but he's not going to get it. He's not going to get it. So that's just, nah, I, I don't think he's in that category at this stage, but uh, we'll see. I do like Jared Culver at guard, though, and it's cool to see him at point guard a little bit. As long as you still have, like, a legitimate true point guard on the bench. Because, I mean, obviously Culver's a playmaker, this and that, so it's an interesting idea for the time being. It's it's going to be very interesting. Because, I mean, obviously, right now, this is what it is, I suppose. Again, as long as you have a true type of point guard off the bench, you can kind of help, maybe even play with Culver in certain lineups. Otherwise, somebody's going to have to come off the bench or get traded long-term. You know, the Wiggins-Culver combination because, you know, I I don't know, or unless Robert Covington gets traded or, like, everyone, nine, nine billion times, like, especially last year, people get hurt. Like, Covington didn't even play the whole second half of the season, so there's always that, too, where the lineup will definitely shuffle a bit and guys can move to uh, other positions and still start, that type of thing. So I always envisioned Andrew Wiggins as a small forward. That's what makes things kind of complicated for me. That way you could have Culver with a, a true point guard, which might be the long-term plan. That uh, probably is where we're headed, because, I mean, Trevon Graham, I can't imagine him playing forward much longer, uh, starting at forward for the long-term future. So maybe that's where we're heading, and then Wiggins can kind of be like a point forward, so to speak, along, you know, which is obviously, I mean, LeBron James plays that. He's been doing it forever, regardless if he's small forward or power forward for years, but a nice, impressive win for the Wolves, 125-113 over Atlanta. Fun, fun game. Wolves shot closer to 50%, but then here's the big stat, 43% from downtown, and again, we're going to continue to shoot 35 to 45 threes a game, most likely, and this game was down the lower end, 35, but uh, a lot of things were working. It was entertaining. Jabari Parker, very nice game, 22 points for him. Nice to see him playing well and healthy. Vince Carter still looks pretty pretty spry out there for a 42-year-old. But he's not quite a Tom Brady guy type at this stage. He's not quite on the same level as Tom Brady, who's the same age. I can't say he is. <laughs> but LeBron James might be heading that direction. He's probably the closest thing to a Tom Brady right now in the NBA as he gets older and older and he still looks the same. He still looks the same, generally speaking. I mean, he, his movements make him look like an older guy. You can tell he's aging, but still got it. Still got it, boy. Whew. So... Let's continue to the San Antonio Spurs game. Again, Minnesota had lost 11 straight, dating back to 2013 in San Antonio, Texas. But a nice, solid win, 113-101. Good, solid defense by the Wolves in a 32-point fourth quarter. Helped finish the Spurs off. That was kind of the difference, along with a really good second quarter as well, where the Wolves won that one by 12. Spurs made it a little bit interesting for a short time, but overall a solid game. Kata Bates up again. 25 minutes, 16 points. 6 of 9 from the floor, 4 of 6 from downtown. Doesn't get much better than that for you know, a Bikita Bates job. What a valuable son of a gun. And keep playing him, Ryan. Come on now. Keep playing Bikita Bates job if he's going to keep doing this. Uh, that is an awesome, awesome deal right there. <laughs> Boy, I'm telling you, that is a good deal coming off the bench. A guy that can perform at that level, regardless if it's 
36 minutes, 26 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever it is. He is a freaking factor. I love Tata Bay's job. What a nice second-round pick for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, that's uh, That was definitely the best draft in the uh, Tom Thibodeau era, the three three or so drafts he got to do with uh, Tata Bay's job and, of course, uh, Josh Akogi, who I haven't talked about too much in this show. He's, he's had some moments, and he hit two, two of four threes in the game here against the Spurs. He was a bit more of a factor in this, and he even got eight rebounds in the game. He'll, he'll, his rebounds will jump up because of his athleticism and quickness. But uh, he's not he's not generally an offensive force, but his defense is so valuable. Occasionally he'll get he'll get uh, snake bit by fouls and such, but not the case in this one. This was just a good overall solid win for the Wolves. I won't call it a butt kicking, but it was a solid overall win. And Andrew Wiggins three of five from downtown. He's bringing the percentage up a bit to wrap up the month of November because this is the last game in November here as we headed into Thanksgiving and such. And hope all of you did have a happy Thanksgiving. Those of you that were local in the United States and the Twin Cities and all that, hope you had a good Thanksgiving. I'm not going to call Thanksgiving happy holidays. That's kind of weird. I mean, I don't call Christmas happy holidays. Thanksgiving happy holidays? Seriously? Just say Thanksgiving. It's not that bad. <laughs> That's kind of weird, you know? Thanksgiving, different forms of Thanksgiving are celebrated all over the world. Just say it. It's easy. It's not. A, it's not a bad word. Okay. <laughs> it's just my opinion, I guess. Ugh. Okay. Why am I even talking about that? But I don't know. Somebody said it, and I was like, "What the hell?" <laughs> not. I wasn't offended at all. Just like, why? You don't need to say that. That's silly. <laughs> so, let's move. Uh, Kate Bates' job, though. Love what he brings. What a nice. You know, he's just got that all-around game, and he's so helpful to everybody out there. He's in the right spots. He plays good, solid defense, and he makes his shots. It's just, you know, and occasionally, again, that, that nice swinging the ball around to, uh, to get a, uh, swinging the ball out for catch and shoot threes. Just love him. Love Katie Bates' job. I hope he's uh, with the Wolves for a long time, and who knows? Who knows what his future could hold? Uh, what a nice draft pick, though, again, by uh, Tom Thibodeau and uh, Scott Layden last season, last summer, two, well, summer before last, 2018. And, of course, Culver this year with uh, Gerson and Ryan Swandas. Gerson Rosas. Culver, again, the shot just, you know, it didn't fall so great. But, again, he's got, he provides very solid defense. And he can hit, catch, and shoot threes. He, he's good from it on occasion. Uh, he needs to get better, obviously. But it's an interesting one. I'd like to look at his sharks about now. I mean, why why not? <laughs> Jarrett Culver. Culver's, Culver's, indeed. I like the, I like the chicken sandwich. There's Jarrett. Nope, it's... I don't know what's going on here. Oh, God. I left something there. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's crazy stuff. Jared Culver. Love what he brings, generally speaking. Yeah, so from the top of the key, he's about 42. I can imagine that as a catch and shoot. So 42% from out there, that's not too bad. Because that's where you usually see him make them, generally. He takes a lot of them a little bit over to the to the corner there. but Not the corner, but kind of the, the arc, the, the side arc, I guess you could say. He's not so good from those. Top of the key, though, 42%. And corner, he hasn't done jack yet, unfortunately. So basically, his three-point sweet spot would be, again, right about where Carl's is. About 7% lower at the end of the day. Guy struggles a bit. And in the in the paint, only 43%. Again, that's where the physicality comes in. The league average in the paint area is 57.2. So if Jared Culver's at 43, tells you something. He's got to get stronger. He's, he's got to get stronger. He has to get stronger. He's getting muscled around. And, of course, rookies don't get calls either. There's a bit of that. 100% one shot from 
<laughs> Those are some of my old little mid-range drills. That's funny. 100%. <laughs> I like looking at this stuff. But uh, it's can you tell I'm enjoying that a little bit? But uh, Jared Culver's above average, though, top of the key. The league average is only 35% because people love the corner. Corner, 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 corner. People take 9 billion threes from the corner. That's the NBA today in a lot of ways. So if you can hit the top of the key and the catch and shoot, kicking out from whoever, Katie Bates' job, uh, Andrew Wiggins driving to the hoop for that kind of stuff, which he's been really good at this year. Keep it up, Jared. Keep it up. But uh, again, get stronger in the offseason. Please get stronger in the offseason. Keep getting stronger, Jared. That's one thing that's one thing that's got to improve a bit. Carl, double-digit rebounding again. What an overall strong week for him. Andrew Wiggins, very much a factor again. Solid, solid overall game. And his three-point percentage has been climbing. It's been climbing. Three of five in this one. Nine of 14. He just, his free throws are what drive me absolutely up the wall. Andrew Wiggins' free throw shooting is just mind-numbing. I don't understand it. I don't get it. Please get better at the free throws. Uh, it's, it, now it's, uh, it, now it's worse than last year. What, what the hell, man? 68.4. It just keeps getting worse and worse because he has these games where he's like 50%, 5 of 10. You know, come on, man. This one was 9 of 14. He's down to 68.4. Last year he was at 70. You know, you know, 69.9. The year before, 64%. He came into the league 76, 76, 76. His first three seasons where he played every game. He missed one game maybe for personal reasons or illness in his second season. He was like right on the button, 76% every year to start off his career, and he's been in the 60s ever since. Oof. So, I don't know what's going on with that, if it's in his head or what, but come on, man. He's got to get better at the free throws because a guy who's aggressive like him who gets to the basket, you know, you're going to get to the line. And he's averaging 5.3 a game, which is lower than his second and third season. Oh, he's got to get better at those free throws. Come on, Andrew, because you know he's going to get followed late in games for multiple reasons. He's going to want They're going to want him with the ball, right? fairly often, and they're going to foul him. you got to make it, man. Uh, field goal percentage from the floor generally, though, career high, just under 47%, so that's great, and his free trade percentage is right around his career high, 35.4, so uh, it's not climbing high too yet, too far yet, but I think he's wrapping up the month nicely, though. His gender wig is a nice, solid win over the Spurs. Not a big fan of those guys. Can you imagine? I'm not a big fan of the Spurs, but that's just how I am, I guess. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, I'm glad the Wolves were able to finish this one nicely at the end of the day. So for the past week, the Lone Wolf, Alpha Wolf, Alpha Wolf Award is going to go to Carl and Andrew. I thought they both played very well this week. Very solid week. Carl Anthony Towns is going to maybe get the upper nod. We'll say he's like the 1A, and then the 1B would be Andrew Wiggins for the Alpha Wolf. The Johnny Flynn Memorial, like the biggest disappointment of the week, per se, I don't know. I'm not really mad at anybody. Just the Phoenix game in general. I, I just didn't like the Phoenix game. The poor shooting. and You know, forcing up shots that were unnecessary. Like, I'm not mad at any individual player for this past week. It wasn't that bad. I, I, I don't know what to say. You know, obviously, I can't get mad at Culver. Jake Lehman, of course, the getting, you know, he, he hurt himself, unfortunately. Uh, you know, about a week ago. He's still trying to come back. And, of course, uh, Kevin, uh, Kevin Graham, excuse me, Shabazz Napier's been nursing a hamstring since November 4th, so hopefully he can come back and be a nice point guard again. Though, the lineups are kind of interesting right now. We'll see what happens when Shabazz Napier comes back, because he's, he's a valuable reserve guard in this league. Uh, KW's job is like an honorable mention for 
the Alpha Wolf. He was that good this week. I love him so much. He's hitting. He's even hitting his threes. He's 45%. He's 46%, actually, I should say. And 56% from the floor. Oh, I wish he was in the lineup. He didn't get to play the first 11 games of the season. That's kind of a bummer. <clears throat> Jared Culver is the only guy on the Wolves roster right now who hasn't missed a game due to injury, suspension, illness, or personal reasons. That's a big list of reasons to miss games, but that's kind of funny. So, again, just the Phoenix game in general, I'd have to say. And even and Keelan Martin has not been good this past week. His field goal percentage has fallen off the map. So he's like a he's like a gentle version of Johnny Flynn Memorial, I'd have to say. With that, we'll take a quick break. we got three games to preview coming up. And hopefully the Wolves can continue their uh, strong fortune. The catch and shoot, a low percentage shot? What world are we living in? We are back here on Timberwolves Explosion, segment number two. Time to look at three games and then head into segment three for some fan interaction if there is such a thing. No, there's probably a little bit. Starting out the month of December, right out of the gate, a matinee game, 2.30 afternoon, Saturday, December the first. December the 1st. Man, Thanksgiving couldn't have come later this year. My God, it's like it's like right at the end of the month. I like when it's a little bit earlier than get the Christmas decorations up uh, earlier. I like it better. I like it earlier. Earlier is better. You can enjoy it longer. Ah, well, look at me complaining again. The Memphis Grizzlies. Oh, God, no. This this matchup. This matchup, Wayne Hunt. Oh, oh Wayne Hunt's gonna, Wayne Hunt's gonna laugh at us again, isn't he? Oh, Wayne, you hate, yeah, you, you hate her? No, not really. Mm, it's, uh, <clears throat> it's a hell of a matchup for some freaking reason. At least for us. Not sure why that is, other than it just hurt my feelings. 137 to 121 on November the sixth. Are you are you kidding me? That's that's garbage. That's that's horse crap. Domarant was awesome in that game. Carl Anthony Towns had some good numbers, but generally speaking, it was uh, just painful stuff. <clears throat> I don't like this matchup right now. It's a pain in the butt. It is what it is, though. It is what it is. I don't know. I. I at least it's in the target center. That's the good news. Hopefully the Wolves can uh, get a little better here. Five, uh, five and five and twelve. Pardon me. Are the Memphis Grizzlies? Morant's leading the club in scoring, nineteen point one a game. Valencius, <laughs> Valencius. I keep saying his name right. Valencius. <laughs> pardon me. About nine and a half rebounds a game. Somebody's going to make fun of me there. Uh, there's there's pieces on this team. Jaron Jackson Jr., of course, he's wound up as a nice player, nice, valuable pieces on this team. Dylan Brooks can be a bit of a spark plug. Jake Router, the former everything, former Hawk, former Cleveland Cavalier. Tyus Jones, oh, God, not that guy again. Right? He's averaging about five assists a game in about 19 minutes, so that's pretty good. He's, he's, he's leading the floor. We could sure use his help right now, but cheaper price tag would be nice. I don't know. I mean, that's just how it is. You have a little bit of success, and you get the big price tag. Grayson Allen goes from the Jazz to the Memphis Grizzlies. That's, of course, all that stuff going on in the summer with the Conley and such, all that infra, all that stuff going on. I don't know. I don't like this matchup. It never seems to work out. As good as Memphis is, as bad as Memphis is, as good and bad, whatever they are, they clearly have a future. But I don't think the future is now. I don't think so. They're 5-12, and 12, and it's not just because of their record, but... 
they they need more pieces. They need more pieces. They have a couple of guys and such. You know, Jaron Jackson. You know, bit and then you know, obviously John Morant, but then some some uh, some bit players. So it's kind of like I don't know, I, I I don't know, just a bunch of bit players. Other than that, and of course, no offense to Wayne Hunt. I'm sure he's not too offended by what I just said. Wolves need to, yeah, I mean, keep their winning ways after beating the uh, San Antonio Spurs. I'm looking forward to a Timberwolves victory in this one. But Memphis, Memphis has a pretty solid offense. They're actually middle of the road in a lot of categories, considering the record is not middle of the road, but they, they hit their shots 46% overall. That's pretty good. 110 points a game, blah, blah, blah. You could go on with that. They've been solid, to be fair, to be fair. Uh, Timberwolves are much lower in a lot of things except points scored. Rebounding, actually, our rebounding is high. Yeah, I trashed the Wolves in rebounding on the last episode, so it just doesn't feel like it. It didn't feel like the Wolves are getting the rebounds they needed to. Maybe they can rebound the heck out of the ball the whole game, and then late in the fourth quarter in a close game, they don't get the rebounds. Freaking frustrating. It was the Denver game that really set me off in that that, uh, category. I will give a uh, quick uh, site here, though, where I was getting those shot start numbers, shot stat numbers, all that stuff. Statmuse.com. Statmuse.com, great place to go for that kind of stuff. It's helpful, it's interesting, and helpful to this show, so better give them a better give them a shout-out and uh, cite them as a source of information because it's valuable stuff. I think the Timberwolves will beat the Memphis Grizzlies. I think they need to. Obviously, you need to. you got to come out with a little bit of pride the way this team just walloped us not that long ago on November the 6th. Just walloped us. 137 points? That's, that's horrible. A little more focused defensively. Kata Bates' job. I, I think their line. I think the Wolves' lineup will be a bit better than that game. I mean, this, this is just, ah, you know. Yeah, I mean, Josh Okoge, should he be starting? I don't know. It wasn't a bad starting lineup. But Trevon Graham getting a ton of minutes. I mean, I suppose his defense is good. This is actually one of his better games. But I'd like to see Nola Vunla. Uh, what am I talking about? Uh, Kata Bates' job getting uh, significant minutes rather than being inactive but out there getting significant minutes. I think that'll be part of the difference here and there. Jalen Noel got to play one minute in the game and did a whole lot of nothing. But I expect Carl Anthony Towns to have another big game. Andrew Wiggins, I mean, that's kind of becoming a theme. Wiggins had 30 points last time around, but again, missed half his free throws. So you just, you know, make your bleeping free throws. That would be helpful. Uh, Carl did not shoot well from downtown, but he shot well generally in the game at the time. Wolves need to take advantage, and uh, they can certainly score on this team. The, the Memphis's defense isn't that great either. I mean, it's not the old days anymore. It's not the same team. They give up points, but they score points. So they're kind of, in a lot of ways, the polar opposite of what they once were. Timberwolves need to take advantage to take this team down 125 to 115, something along those likes, maybe even 120. I think it's going to be a higher-scoring game. Higher-scoring game from what I think is high-scoring. <laughs> These days, this was a high-scoring game, 137-121. That's the definition of a high-scoring game. But I think the Wolves can beat the Grizzlies by about 10 points. And they they need to go out and do that. Uh, you, you have another stinker against this team. It's just not going to look good. I think the Wolves do get the job done, though, down the stretch. I expect a little bit of extra pride and, of course, a better lineup, better minutes for certain players. Like uh, Katerbay's job, I think that'll that'll make that'll help. It's not like the the, the big difference that's going to change everything, but it'll it'll be helpful. At the end of the day, I do believe. Something interesting that I miscalculated also, <laughs> just was <laughs> I was coming into this, I was like I have three games to preview because yeah they play on Saturday and then they don't they get a couple or Sunday part of me then they get a couple of days off to Wednesday, and then uh, <laughs> Friday. 
And then it's like, wait a minute, the next show is on Friday, so I only have two games to preview. That's pretty quick. We'll get to see Luka Doncic. We'll get to see uh, the Unicorn out there. It's going to be an interesting matchup. Porzingis lives again. He's he's not putting up the spectacular numbers necessarily yet, but it's a deadly, deadly duo. J.J. Barea is alive and well after the Achilles injury last year. Nice to see him out playing again. And Dallas is 11-6, second place in the Southwest Division. We're kind of close to them. Hopefully we'll have our 11th win by this point. Hopefully. Uh, Wolves getting a few days off, too, to let guys heal up. Maybe maybe you'll see Shabazz Napier debut by this point. Maybe. We'll, we'll see. Um, but guys heal up. Jake Lehman, the guy we've almost forgot about the last couple of games here. He's not been around. Wolves and Dallas Mavericks. It's uh, This is the first of four with this team. Wolves will play Memphis three times, like I was saying. But uh, four times with Dallas. December 4th. February 24th, March 1st, and then April 1st. So most of it's much later in the season, post-All-Star break. So we won't be seeing these guys for a while. I do think this club makes the playoffs. I think the uh, Dallas Stars, the Dallas Mavericks make the playoffs. I think the Timberwolves have a legitimate shot at making the playoffs as well. And why not? Why shouldn't the Wolves make the playoffs? Um, pretty impressed with the Dallas Mavericks. Again, I've never been a big fan of the Mavericks for so many reasons. Just back and forth, back and forth over the years. I didn't like the... The Steve Nash era. I, I don't know. I'm just a dork, I guess. Uh, Dirk Nowitzki uh, finally steps away after a very, very, very long career. And, gosh, it doesn't look like they're going to miss a whole lot of a beat here. 30 points a game from Doncic. Uh, he averages 9.5 assists. I mean, he is a, almost a triple-double a game. He, so I, I can see some of the MVP talk. And he is a spectacular player. He's what a lot of us wish we got to see with uh, Arvidas Sabonis many years ago, like a, a seven-foot point guard. That's basically what that was with Arvidas Sabonis. And Kristaps Porzingis is one of the best defenders in the league. He's so athletic. Obviously, he missed a ton of time the last year and a half or so. It's nice to see him back and healthy. And what a spectacular Euro duo there. Dallas Mavericks in the past had a very diverse lineup back in the day as well. You know, Canada, of course, Steve Nash. He had the German Dirk. He had this guy. He had that guy. You had several uh, foreign players on that lineup. This one, again, you got two pretty spectacular Euros leading the way in J.J. Barea from Puerto Rico area there. Actually, uh, yes, from Puerto Rico. <clears throat> and he's in his third game. He's played three games so far this year, recovering from injury of the Achilles tendon. Seth Curry, not quite the spectacular three-point shooter as a certain other Curry, but still, he can get hot from downtown and cause a bit of damage. And Courtney Lee's still alive. He's played in five games for Dallas. That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a great lineup yet. It's not a great roster yet, but it's getting better. And when you have two guys like that at the top there, Doncic and Porzingis, I mean, anything could happen. It's a team that's going to be a factor. It's a team that's the team that's ever capable of knocking somebody out in the first round. I mean, they could knock out the Houston Rockets in the first round. Something like that. Just I'm just throwing out an example. They could knock someone out in the first round. Um, I don't think they would knock the Lakers out in the first round. <laughs> Vince Germano will be happy to hear me say that. That's for sure. Vince Germano, Stu Benson, and others out there in the... Uh... <laughs> oh, Again, this is December the 4th. This game will be in Dallas, Texas. Wolves will not win this game. American Airlines Center. Wolves' success rate in this building. Wolves have some success there, but not all the time. And heck, even when Dallas stunk, we'd have a, we'd have a stinker. We'd have at least one stinker there a year. Even when Dallas stunk, and maybe we were like a playoff team that one year, and I think we will be again, though. This year, I think there's a good chance of it. Mavericks are going to win this game. Um, I just think there's just a little too much momentum right now for the Mavericks. <clears throat> I think Doncic is going to give the Wolves headaches, this and that, obviously. 
too much of a threat. He keeps the defense honest in every way he can, except from downtown. That three is not that great as from downtown. Uh, I remember him clanging a lot of threes against us last year, and I was like, what's all the fuss about? Why is he so great? Uh, you know, and he was just a rookie. Uh, obviously, you'd see flashes of what he can do, but again, he's just a rookie. He wasn't anywhere near his prime. He's one year closer to it now, and again, he's making almost 50% from the floor. He makes his free throws. Andrew Wiggins, he makes his free throws, but Christopher Porzingis is about where Andrew is in the free throws, about 69% there. Uh, it's funny, their third leading scorer is Tim Hardaway Jr., but he's a good player. Not a great player, good player, role player as Tim Hardaway. Max Kleiber also averages nine points off the bench. A little bit of a factor there, but not that good. Not that good of a shooter. DeLon Wright makes about 50%, and um, he, he plays a, a solid role for the Mavericks. But I don't know. It's all about the two Euros at the top there, and I just think they're going to be a little bit too much. They're de- uh, Przingis' defense, Doncic's overall game, going to be good stuff. Doncic is a little bit erratic. He averages almost five turnovers a game, but there's a lot there, obviously. It'll be a back-and-forth game. I think the Wolves will lead. I think the Mavericks will lead. There'll be lead changes, maybe five or six, seven lead changes in the game, but I think Dallas wins it out at the end of the day. Obviously, extremely talented team. Uh, Eighth in field goal percentage, 12th in three-point percentage, which is interesting. Yeah, you know, because they're not spectacular from downtown, but not terrible. Uh, but third in points scored, they're an offensive juggernaut, kind of like they were back in the day. Again, they're not at that level yet, where they were winning like 60 games and such in the Dirk era, you know, the Dirk Prime era in 2011, when the team was just, you know, they had a balance. They went from all offense to balance, and that's when uh, the Mavericks finally won a championship. That's what I uh, liked about Rick Carlisle. He's a balanced coach, and frankly, I'd be kind of a balanced guy. Offense and defense, that type of thing. Fourth and rebounding, and imagine that when you have two tall guys that, with all that athleticism and, and youth and talent. So I just think the Mavericks outscore the Wolves. Something It's going to be high scoring, very high scoring, entertaining battle. 128 to 120. Dallas Mavericks end up winning it out. Um, I didn't even talk about who was going to help lead the Wolves against the Memphis Grizzlies. It's got to be Carl, but I, I, I have a feeling that Wiggins is going to have a big one against the uh, Memphis Grizzlies, something like 33 points. With the Mavericks, it's going to have to be Carl. I mean, you're going to be counting on Wiggins to get his 25-ish. He'll be right around there, 24 to 25, 27, something like that. But Carl's got to have a big, big night if we're going to beat the Dallas Mavericks. He's got to hit that. He's got to hit like a good number of threes and be on on his game. It's going to be a big night. You're going to expect some big defensive plays also as well if the Wolves are going to have success against the Dallas Mavericks. you got to make the defensive stop when you need to, that type of thing. Because if Dallas just keeps scoring whenever they want, there's nothing you can do. And, of course, the rebounding is going to be interesting. you got the third and fourth best rebounding teams in the league, so that'll be an interesting battle down the stretch if the Wolves are going to beat the Dallas Mavericks. Like, who's going to out-rebound the other team down the stretch in those big, big moments? Like, you get a stop. you got to get the damn rebound, man. So that's the hope. Uh, get the damn rebound and hope for the best. But I just think Dallas is going to have a little too much momentum on their side. You know, they, they play very well at home. And the Wolves have not had a ton of success in, uh, in in Dallas over the years. Just in Texas in general. Houston, Dallas, or uh, San Antonio over the years. San Antonio is the worst of all, of course. But they're the worst team right now in Texas, which is the weirdest thing ever. <laughs> Dallas wins 128-120 at the end of the day. I do think Doncic continues his success. I got a feeling Porzingis is going to be one of the... If I have a feeling Porzingis is going to have a above-average game, though, like 25-plus. I, I just got a feeling he's going to get hot down the stretch and uh, frustrate us. That's just my vibe. 
at the end of the day. Dallas, 128-120. Wolves, 1-1. One and one. Wind up with an 11-9 and nine record. Heading into next week as the Christmas season continues. With that said, we'll take a quick break at the Fan Interaction and wrap her up. We are back here on Timberwolves Explosion segment number three, fan interaction segment. This looks a little quiet today, which is fine. Let's have a shorter show and move on. It's long enough already, about 45 minutes, so it'd be a little longer, obviously, with this segment. At Wolves Explosion, at Wolves Explosion is the Twitter account. Thank you, those of you that have followed, and encourage others to follow it. We thank, want to thank uh, Levi, Tene, Levi and Tene Brown out of New Zealand for retweeting the most recent show, along with Vinrock, Vince Germano who is one of the hosts of the Courtside Podcast, Wayne Hunt, Vinrock, Vince Dermano, and Stu Benson. Wayne Hunt is a <laughs> is a Memphis Grizzly fan, and I think I pissed some guys off over there by calling Wayne Hunt the alpha dog, but, well, I'm just saying he's the, he's the main host. No, I didn't piss him off. They're just playing around, teasing me, teasing me about it for saying that on the last show. Uh, Wayne Hunt, Memphis Grizzlies fan, so he got his bragging rights last time around, which you mentioned on the Facebook page, and, my God, did they kill us. Oh, 137 to 121. Oh, God. Oh, 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 oh like when he talks politics very much, but I think I've made my opinion about that already. I don't need to go there. Eh, I don't know. Just ugh, ugh, just stick to the, I don't know. Just play. Just play. That's all. That's all I'm asking. I'm not asking much else. I was saying, man, do I love the old school Houston Rockets uniforms. That was, uh, I think, that, I forget if that was yes, last Saturday they were on or Sunday. I forget, I remember. One of the weekend days there. Uh, love those classic Rockets uniforms. Uh, that was fun to watch. It was, yes, it was Jazz. Oh, Jazz. It was Rockets versus Clippers. What a fun game. The NBA is so much funner now. It's so much funner now. Uh, I love, you know, I, I'm starting to really love the NBA again because, I mean, the last couple of years I was getting kind of tired of things. I still love my team. I still love the game. I love the sport. It's just the face of the, the the style of the NBA was bugging me a bit. Now it's not bugging me as much, and that was fun to watch. Uh, it was kind of like the kind of basketball I like a little bit. I don't like Houston, but I like the Clippers. I, I like the Lakers. Yeah, I like the Lakers. I'm not wearing a Laker jersey. I'm not, uh, you know, I don't have Laker pennants on the wall. I don't have purple and gold shades, I, I, except maybe Viking ones. Okay, I'm just kidding. Purple Mafia, check that out. Minnesota Vikings podcast, Purple Mafia. Do check that out. But uh, no. <laughs> uh, what can I say? I, I, I like the team, okay? I like the team. Heck, I'm, I'm impressed with Dallas so far. Just saying, I like the Lakers. I like the Clippers. I like what they're doing. The Clippers are, I really like what they're doing. I really like what they're doing. I'm impressed. I, I think it's cool. Uh, Oklahoma acquired a pretty solid player. who's actually leading them in scoring in that massive uh, Oklahoma Oklahoma and Clipper trade with the Paul George and everything. And it's amazing how that trade 
webs all the way back to when Kevin Durant was a member of the Seattle Supersonics, when the Supersonics were still the Supersonics, like the end of that summer and all that. Uh, 2007, it goes all the way back to 2007 when the uh, Supersonics were still around. Was it Presti made made some kind of a trade? I can't remember who it was with now. I'm blanking. i got to look that up again. But it's a trade that has unbelievably favored the Seattle Supersonics slash Oklahoma City Thunder. I forget how many draft picks. i got to look that up again. An amazing statistic. They call it the trade that changed the face of the NBA because there was a lot of pieces to this trade that have gone on for the last 12 years. And it ultimately has led to this one, the the Chris Paul trade. That was like unbelievably big, kind of Herschel Walker-like. But I think Chris Paul will be better than Herschel Walker was for the Minnesota Vikings in 1989, where it was, yeah, it was like 12 players and stuff. That was crap. Crap trade for the Minnesota Vikings. I think we all know about that. We don't need to talk about it too much anymore. It's only 30 years ago now. Um, yeah, it's kind of old. kind of old there, right? Like 50-plus-year-old people now. Um, but, uh, damn it. <laughs> yeah, but no, what a, what a cool trade, though, or a cool web. A lot of information that took place over several years there, about 12 years, with the uh, Seattle Sonics and other, well, obviously, the, the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder and several other teams spanning over 12 bleeping years, and still, has, the web still continues with this uh, Paul George trade. Paul George, Chris Paul, all that. Clippers, Thunder. Let's just keep moving now. Facebook page. Facebook.com forward slash Timberwolves Explosion. Facebook.com forward slash Timberwolves Explosion. A little bit of comments here because, of course, anything involving Kevin Garnett's going to revolve, uh, going to involve some commentary. A little bit. Now, of course, yeah, I mean, I I don't know. Loved him as a player. Didn't like him in the clutch moments. Didn't, don't like his attitude right now very much. It's nothing personal. You know, I just don't like the guy's attitude very much right now. Uh, you can blame Glenn Taylor all you want. Uh, you don't have to like Glenn Taylor either. You can say he's a dope of an owner. You can say this and that. He's made some dopey decisions over the years. Uh, he's made some adequate ones. He's been generous with his money. Let's let's be honest. He's been generally generally generous with his money. And then you know you might disagree with how things were handled with Garnett, but uh, I mean, put it this way: if Flip Saunders didn't get sick. Kevin Garnett, the, the, all, the stuff that ended with Garnett and all that and Sam Mitchell, none of that would have happened. Sam Mitchell might have, well, Sam Mitchell would have never had to be the head coach, maybe just here and there, this and that, if Luke Saunders was able to recover and survive. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, circumstances led to the way they did. I don't think you can blame the owner for what took place there. Of course, talking about how oh, Kevin Garnett tanked and stuff like that, that he shouldn't have said that because I don't think Kevin Garnett tanked. I don't think he did. He shouldn't have said that. That was the dumbest, biggest mistake that uh, Glenn Taylor ever made, I think, is, you know, regarding Kevin Garnett. He should never have said that because Garnett's not a tanker. Um, players don't tank. General managers tank. General managers tank by general managers tank by putting certain players on the team. And you trade away certain players that are, that are like maybe they're better, that can help you get more wins. You trade them away because you want to, quote-unquote, well, you know, put a smaller lineup out there, you know, like a, you know, smaller in talent, so to speak, to win less games and get more chances to move up in the draft, that type of thing. That's that's where tanking comes in. It's, it's general managers tank. Players don't tank. They might occasionally, certain players might be lazy. 
certain players might be protecting themselves from getting injured in a meaningless game late in the season or, you know, for whatever reason, maybe they're leading into the playoffs or just, they just don't want to get a, sustain a terrible injury right at the end of the season that affects next year or the rest of their bleeping career. There's that. Kevin Garnett didn't tank. So, I mean, you know, as horribly as I think Garnett has handled the situation, I agree with him there. He did not tank. Okay, now I got into Garnett again. What the hell? Okay, I posted the uh, image here. I'm sorry. <laughs> but hey, I agreed with Kevin Garnett, okay? So I'm not up here bashing him. Kevin Garnett, only player in NBA history that is currently in the top 50 in career points, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. So, yes, uh, points 2,000, or excuse me, 26,071. That's funny, the 71 in there. Number 20 all time. Rebounds, 14,662. 10th all-time. Not bad. Top 10. So he's top 10 there. Assists, uh, just under 5,500. 49th. So he just barely made it there. But that's okay for a a power forward player to be 50th in assists all-time. That ain't bad. 49th anyway. Steals, 19th all-time. 1859, just before the Civil War. No, I'm kidding. And then uh, Blocks, number 20th. That's the one that bugs me a little bit. 2,031. A guy with that athleticism, a guy with that much athleticism <laughs> and that much length, and as great a defender as Garnett was, to be twentieth, he should be higher. That one bugs me a little bit because he was always that was the one thing he was always a little bit late, and that's why he got a lot of goaltending calls because he was always like a he was always like a millisecond late on those. It's weird because I think Garnett was a better man on defender. That's why the steals are so high for a guy at his position. That's an extremely impressive stat. But um, the uh, the blocks, it's funny how he had less blocks, actually. No, he had more blocks, but lower in the standing, so to speak. Because he's, you know, you'd think he could have been like 10th all-time in blocks with, with that type of length. But I don't know, that's what it was. He was like a split-second late on occasion. Still a good statistic. I mean, 20th is 20th. That's thousands of players beneath him. So, again, all, all respect in the world there. Not trying to be a, a dork. Just thinking he'd be higher in that category. I don't know, but that was that was one not one of his super duper high points. It's not like he blocked three blocks a game. He wasn't like that. So that's just how it goes. Awesome statistics, spectacular. Unfortunately, see, this is what kind of got me going, babbling on and on about the Garnett situation with the Wolves. Fred Sandy says, and yet the Wolves still haven't retired his number. SMH, shaking my head. Um, I was saying the ball is in the ball is in his court, and to date he has refused to come. Don't forget. And of course, I got no response there. I don't know if I pissed him off and he left, but. I agree his number should be retired. No kidding. But I don't know. I, I don't like making Garnett a victim. I, I don't like it. There I I don't want people telling me that, oh, the Wolves refused to retire Kevin Garnett's number. No, there's been an open invitation from day one since the day he was no longer on the team. It's his contract I bought out, blah, blah, blah. The ball's been in this court ever since, and I know, I understand the frustration, but I think sometimes you got to lower your pride and move on. And I, I, wish, I wish Garnett would do that. That's just my point of view. I'm not trying to be a hater. I appreciate and recognize what Garnett brought to this franchise. But he's not God. That, that's all. You know, that, that's all. Like, none of these players are God. Michael Jordan isn't God. You know, LeBron James is not God. You just got to kind of, sometimes you got to just move on and, uh, you know, lower your pride for, for now and, well, you know, ha- enjoy that night. Enjoy the night. Enjoy it. But uh, unfortunately, some people believe that Garnett will not come back and uh, 
have his number retired until Glenn Taylor's no longer the owner, which, come on. I, I think that's a little too harsh. But that's if that's how it is, that's how it is, I guess. With that said, let's go to the contact details. Okay, I already mentioned the uh, Twitter and the Facebook. Those will both be in the show description. Also, there's no longer a phone line. I think I mentioned that on the last show. I don't know if it still exists anymore, so we're going to move on from that. I'm going to encourage you to go full-on audio submission route from here on forward. Simply use the free voice recording application on any smart device on the planet, if it's Samsung, Apple, LG, HTC, or you want to use your laptop or desktop with an editing software like Audacity or something on a microphone, treat it like a phone call or a small mini-segment in the show, per se. You could call it like that, too. Uh, When you're done, save it and send it to paladinolive at yahoo.com paladinolive at yahoo.com that will also be in the show description keep it to around five minutes if you go a little longer it's not the end of the world but um you know keep it to around five minutes or so uh can't wait to hear from somebody out there it'd be great to hear from you again i will then uh, convert the file from m4a if need be if it's an mp3 already so be it but if not i can convert it right away with zumzar.com or converto.com I'm very happy to give them a free plug because they give me a free service. It allows me to uh, use your audio on my show. So uh, MP3 can be put in editing software. M4A cannot. It literally takes seconds to convert them with those websites. So that is awesome. The uh, For larger files like an entire show or God knows what the heck you're making, maybe a big song or video or something, to convert that into a different file. You probably, you probably need a monthly subscription of some sort that's not very expensive, like 7 bucks a month, 8 bucks a month, something like that for a big file, like a gig or whatever. Uh, maybe not a gig, but several megabytes, that type of thing. <laughs> I mean, gig, I'm sure there's gigs, but that's not common, I'm sure. Uh, but with that said, though, I want to thank all of you for listening to the show. I encourage you to please write a positive review of Timberwolves Explosion on either, face- on either Facebook or Twitter. No, on... Uh, on iTunes slash, well, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or whichever. Really appreciate in advance for those of you that could do that. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, write a positive rating for Tim for Timberwolves Explosion on there, and I will give you a shout-out and a thank you on air. And yeah, can't thank you enough for those of you that have over the course of time. With that said, hope all of you had a happy Thanksgiving for those of you that celebrated in the United States. Black Friday's worldwide, and ugh, don't be stupid, I guess. Okay, whatever. It's up to you what you do. Be careful if the weather's dangerous, which it might be. It isn't yet. It's cloudy right now. There's snow on the ground here in the Twin Cities, for those of you that might be wondering. Um, and uh, But there's no nasty weather yet. So it's looking like a little bit of everything coming. Everything. We're talking snow, rain, and thunderstorms with snow again. So, yeah, kind of all the above there. It's uh, Hurricane uh, Frosty coming to uh, the Twin Cities area in upper Midwest here. With that said... Again, have a nice, safe, happy week. Go Timberwolves. Go 2-0.